If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to another expert episode of the podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. There had been a request to bring on a sex expert to the podcast for a while now, and I was so excited when Vanessa Marin agreed to do the podcast. Vanessa is a licensed psychotherapist specializing in sex therapy, and her whole mission is to help you stop feeling embarrassed about sex and start having way more fun in the bedroom. She actually works with her husband, Xander. They have an incredible Instagram account that I definitely recommend everyone goes and follows. We linked it in the show notes. They also have a podcast called Pillow Talks, and in the end of the episode, she goes into all the different courses that they have, so they are doing such a great service of normalizing so many things around sex and I was so positively surprised with how many questions I got from you guys what you wanted to hear about sex as it relates to breakups so we normalize a lot of things is it normal to cry after the first time you have sex with someone new is it normal to feel like you are having sex for the first time ever after going through a breakup is it normal to only think about your ex when you're masturbating? Is it normal to not feel like you're going to be attracted to anyone aside from your ex? So we talk a lot about those kinds of things. We talk about how to separate sex from your ex, how to get more clear on the kind of sex life you like moving forward and using your past relationship as a learning experience. So I loved this episode. It was so fun to record and I know that you guys are going to love it too. Welcome, Vanessa, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I am so honored to be able to talk to you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to get to chat. Yeah, and I was telling you right before we started recording, but I did a question box on my stories asking for what my audience wanted to know about sex as it relates to breakups. And I was just completely overwhelmed by the amount of questions that came in. Uh (laughs) So it's definitely a really important topic and really some questions that I didn't even really think about. So I'm extremely excited to jump into it today. So I would love if you could share a little bit about what got you into your line of work and how you became a sex therapist. 
Yeah. So I am a sex therapist and my husband Xander and I run a business where we help take the intimidation out of intimacy with our online courses. So I knew that I wanted to be a sex therapist from a really young age. Really, it traces back to my parents' attempt at giving me the talk. I think most of us, either we never had the talk or we had a very awkward experience with the talk. So I think a lot of people can relate to this, but my experience was very awkward. And even at this young age, you know, I knew that even though my parents were attempting to have this conversation with me, like I knew that it was something that they really didn't want to talk about. I picked up on all that shame and embarrassment. And I remember thinking like, why is this so weird? Like, I do want to talk about this. I got a lot of questions. I am hearing things on the playground. Like I want to be able to talk to my parents. And so that memory really stuck with me. And I, of course, had no idea that a sex therapist was a career choice at like 11 or 12 years old, but that memory stuck with me. And as I got older and, and, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, I realized, you know, I think I just want to help people talk about sex, not feel awkward and embarrassed and uncomfortable. That's amazing. And I'm of the age, I don't know if people remember this, but I'm of the age where my parents, there was that American girl book that was like uh-huh. you and your body and you. And I'm pretty uh-huh. sure my parents just like gave me the book and they're like, happy reading, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of figure it out. So I think it's such an important topic. And I'm someone that grew up with sex being super taboo and a lot of shame surrounding it. And so I think your work is really, really important. And I think now I'm realizing too, it's like such an added part of the healing process of coming out of, of a breakup. And so mm-hmm. the first question I have is a lot of people were saying, and I definitely relate to this, like a lot of people, their sexual identity becomes completely, at least they think that it's become completely enmeshed with another person. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, my first relationship, this definitely happened. It was like, you know, I was younger. I just completely tied sex to this one person. And so it felt like an added part of me was missing after Mm -hmm. the breakup. Is that something that you find really common? Absolutely. I mean, I think sex is something that we can create with another person. You know, we create this experience together and it's such a central part of your relationship. And there's a grief that goes along with losing that. And it's funny because I think we're, we're so used to talking about the grief around, you know, losing your best friend, losing your partner, your life companion, but we don't talk that often about the grief of losing the sexual connection, (laughs) but there really is a huge sense of loss around that. And for a lot of people, it's having to re-identify themselves afterwards. Like, who am I as a sexual person and what kind of sex do I want to have? And like, it's hard to even think of sex as something that, we can have a relationship with on our own because it's typically something that we do with another person, right? Yeah. You know, for me, I had I had a really toxic relationship early on. And I mean, you know, the relationship was awful, but the sex was really intense and in a lot of ways that way. (laughs) (laughs) And I would never wish to go back to that relationship, but I do you know, remember feeling Mm -hmm. that. And I know I have a lot of listeners that do come out of, you know, toxic relationships Mm -hmm. where whether the person was toxic or maybe there's just a lot of breaking up and getting back together and like that kind of pull where you would, you know, have the makeup sex and the breakup sex and, and all of that. Is that another thing that you find pretty common? 
Yeah. I think a lot of people will tell you some of the best sex that they ever had was with somebody that they knew was not good for them. Yeah. And I, there's a really interesting interplay between like safety and sex. You know, for a lot of us, like sex feels the most exciting when it feels kind of unknown, a little bit dangerous. There's yeah. something like it doesn't feel comfortable. Right. Like, so a lot of people will talk about early sexual experiences with somebody. It's like, you don't know what's coming next, what's going to happen. It's this whole unknown type of feeling versus when you have a really intimate, trusting, solid foundation with somebody, some of the excitement can feel like it's not quite there because you're like, yeah. oh, I know you, I know what to expect. I know what's coming. So sometimes the things that we love so much in relationships and that make for really healthy relationships can feel like it actually doesn't make for this like super exciting, unknown, great sex. So I think that's something in relationships that we all have to kind of play around with is how do we keep that excitement, but in a way that's going to be healthy for us, not like chasing down these relationships and people that we know are not good for us. Yeah. And that was kind of a, a later question that I had for you, but I know, so, you know, everyone that's listening pretty much is going through a breakup. And I know for me in the last breakup that I had, I was broken up with, and obviously my ex knew that it was going to be happening like a while before, obviously you think about mm -hmm. breaking up with someone. And so the sex started going away. I think probably in like his subconscious mind, like, I don't want to be intimate with someone that I know I'm going to end, like break their heart. Mm -hmm. And I got that question a lot. People say they feel really in like the added element of going through a breakup plus feeling not desired, not sexually attractive and all of those things. What are some ways that you suggest someone, you know, is able to kind of build up their sexual confidence, maybe not when they're actively having sex. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, so I think, you know, part of this with the breakup process, again, it's, it's all about letting ourselves have the space for that grief and recognizing like, we just have to go through it, right? Like there's no shortcut to getting out of the pain of a breakup. So just give yourself a little bit of, of space and grace and don't feel like you have to like, okay, we, you know, I just got broken up. Well, I got to work on my confidence immediately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in general, you know, working on your confidence, it's really all about recognizing that you do have your own unique and individual relationship with your sexuality that exists outside of any sort of relationship that you might have with another person. So one of the most practical things that you can do is masturbate. You know, yeah. getting to know your body and understand what it likes. Of course, you touching yourself is never going to be the same as another person touching you, but it's you being able to take ownership of your body, explore your body and figure out what you really resonate with. So I see a lot of people who have gotten into relationships and just never took that chance to explore their own bodies. And there's this sort of like dependence that we can develop on another person of like, oh, well, this is the only person who's ever made me feel good. And I don't know what it is that they're doing, but I can't replicate that on my own. Like actually just yesterday we were doing some polls on Instagram and we were asking people, their women, their status with orgasm. And there were a ton of women who said, I've only ever orgasmed with a partner. I've never experienced it on my own. That's so interesting. You would mm -hmm. think the opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think being able to like, again, take ownership of your own body and figure out what it is that you like, like that is the most foundational, crucial step developing a healthier relationship with your sexuality. And I feel like that will also help being able to separate like sex from your ex and mm -hmm. trying to figure out how, how that will look 
you know, in the future, because you're already dealing with losing this person, losing these Mm -hmm. memories and then losing. And some people like I get the question a lot. Like, I honestly feel like I will never have as good of sex with anyone else as I had with my ex. And I feel like that's obviously a very scary thing to think about. But I wonder, like, does empowering yourself in your own sexuality help you feel like you have more control in that where it's not dependent just on the other person? Like you have a big role in it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think another really powerful exercise can be identifying your goals for your sex life. This is something that like none of us ever take the time to do. Right. But like, what is it that you want for your sex life? So for a lot of people, that question is going to feel so big and like, I don't even know where to start. So I like to break it down even smaller and say, okay, could you come up with three to five words that you would use to describe your ideal sex life. So is it something like, you know, it's romantic? Is it playful? Is it adventurous? Is it serious? So really kind of taking that time to figure out like, what is it that you want? And the great thing about coming out of a breakup is that it gives you a lot of information to start, you know, pondering like, okay, what did I like about my relationship, my sexual relationship with my ex? Get into specifics. I really liked the way my ex initiated. I really really liked how we would try like five or six different positions in one session. So when you get specific like that and and also specific in terms of things you didn't like, like, you know, I don't like the way that my ex kissed me. I don't like the way that they talk dirty, you know, whatever it is. But when you get really specific, it helps you realize like, oh, these are certain things that I could talk to another partner about or work on with another partner about. So it breaks down this idea of like, oh my God, I just had this perfect sex life with my ex and I'm never going to be able to have it with anybody else. It breaks it down into practical things of like, oh no, like here are the specific things that I want to experience with another person. I have agency. I have control. I have a mouth that I can use to express these desires to another person. So it just helps you start to feel more in control again. Yeah. And when I'm talking to people going through breakups, they'll say like, they'll give me like three characteristics. Like they were so nice and we had so much fun together and they made me laugh. And like, I don't know if I'll ever find that again. And I'm like, let's be real. Come on. (laughs) Uh Like we're setting the bar really low here. I'm just like someone who's nice can make you laugh and is like fun to be around. Like there are, there are millions of people (laughs) who can fit that criteria that can match that. But I also can recognize like in the moment when you're feeling that down about it. And I think someone moving forward to talking about what you were just saying about like expressing your sexual needs. I'm definitely someone that spent a really long time as a very passive person in that and really didn't feel like I had the control in mm-hmm. that sense. What's like a way that when someone maybe starts dating again or start getting into that, like, what are some ways you recommend bringing up like your sexual needs, your sexual desires? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, first where I want to start with is like, you know, you and I are both women and we have gotten a lot of BS as women about how we're supposed to show up around sex. You yeah. know, we hear a lot of stereotypes about men are always the ones in control. They're like the initiators. They're leading, you know, they're leading the interaction. Men want sex more. So there's a lot of baggage that most of us come into relationships with. And we also feel like we have to walk this incredibly fine line of, you know, we want to be sexual because we don't want to seem like a prude, but if we're too sexual, then we're going to be a slut and somebody that's like not relationship material. Right. So it's like so many of us are just really walking this tightrope trying to figure out, like, I don't know how to express myself at all. So 
again, like I just always like to start with like normalizing things and helping yeah. people recognize like, let's just take some baby steps here because we've all we're all dealing with a lot of crap. Right. So when it comes to, you know, starting to express yourself sexually, like a lot of people when it comes to pretty much anything sex related, a lot of people start jumping into the deep end and thinking like, oh my gosh, this means like from the very first second, I need to like spill my list of my deepest, darkest fantasies and tell yeah. my partner everything, you know, we get ourselves all worked up and, and really, really anxious about it. But instead, I think it's just so much better to start with these baby steps. So what I recommend starting with when you're with somebody new is just getting comfortable, giving them positive feedback about the things that you like. So it doesn't need to be giving them instructions, doesn't need to be correcting them or telling them what they're doing wrong. Just get comfortable giving positive feedback. Like that feels really good. I like it when you do that, do more of that. So you can really give a partner great feedback and like guide them towards the things that you want with purely positive feedback. Right. So if you just get used to like from those early interactions that there's some level of communication and again, you're keeping it positive, so it shouldn't feel as overwhelming or scary to you. And it shouldn't feel that overwhelming or scary for your partner to hear, but that just sets such a great foundation for sexual communication as you get to know each other better and progress more into this new relationship of whatever sort it's going to be. Yeah. And I know one of the questions I got was, I've was married for 25 years. Like I haven't had sex with someone mm -hmm. new in 25 years. Like I almost feel like I'm starting all over again. Yep. Do you have any like tips for what that looks like? Like kind of dipping your toe back into just, you know, being intimate with anyone. Mm -hmm. You are starting all over again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that just is the reality. You know, so many times I get questions from people about like, well, how do I do this without being awkward? Or how do I get, you know, get around this awkwardness? And and I always like to tell people like awkwardness is inevitable when it comes yeah. to sex. I've been with it, my yeah. husband like 15 years. We've had a whole lot of sex and I still feel awkward with him from time to time. Right? It's yeah. just part of the price of admission that we have to pay for having a great sex life. So my mission is to really help people like embrace that awkwardness and not be so afraid of it. And like, let's just get through it. So yeah, somebody who's been with a partner for 25 years, of course, you're going to feel awkward having sex with somebody brand new for the very first time, of course. So, you know, I don't want to try to have that person like wait until you feel perfectly confident or here's the one magic trick to eliminate all awkwardness because it's just yeah. not realistic. So instead, I, I tell people, you know, just prepare for it to feel a little bit strange and give yourself permission for it to feel a little bit strange and, you know, go nice and slow. There's no rush to jump into it. Like go at a piece that feels comfortable for you, but don't wait around for that magical moment where somehow all the awkwardness is going to disappear. Yeah. And I even, I remember like the first time I kissed someone after a breakup, it felt, mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't wrong, but it felt very wrong. Like it felt yeah. like I was full blown, like cheating on the yeah. person that I'm no longer in a relationship with. So I feel like that's probably very common as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think just giving yourself a little bit of like coaching through it, yes. <laughs> giving yourself permission to have those feelings like, wow, yeah, of course this feels weird. That makes perfect sense that this is feeling weird. And you know what? Like, I just get to keep going and keep exploring this. Well, and, you know, hearing a sex therapist say like, it's normal to still, like, it's normal to feel awkward even after you've been with someone for 15 years. I think that's mm -hmm. really, really, really validating. You were talking a little bit about like 
you know, gender stereotypes here. I know the stereotype that women tend to connect a lot more emotionally during sex. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of more talking about this when people say, you know, maybe they're sleeping with someone post breakup and they don't know if they're ready yet. They don't, they like still feel kind of fragile. They don't want to get all wrapped up with someone. Is that a true stereotype? Is that like, does there tend to be more of an emotional connection with some people and not with others? Yeah. I mean, I like to talk a lot about the interplay between like emotional and physical intimacy and people tend to be one of two camps. You either like to experience emotional intimacy first before you feel open to physical intimacy, or you like physical intimacy, like as your pathway to emotional intimacy. So I think trying to get a sense for you of like what kind of person you are can be really beneficial, but yeah, of course there's like this big question of how does emotion come into play? you know, when it comes to sex and there is a stereotype that women are the ones who like lead more with emotional connection. We get more connected to somebody once we've had sex with them and all that kind of stuff. And that is true for a lot of women. And it's also not true for a lot of women too. So for me, it just really comes down to like knowing yourself and being honest with yourself. Like I will say for myself, There were periods of my single life where I thought like, yeah, I can sleep around with people. I'm sexually liberated. I'm becoming the sex therapist. Like I can totally divorce sex from emotion. Mm, No, girl, I was lying to myself so hard. There was always that element of emotional connection that came up for me. So some of that was literally just trial and error. Like I had to learn that lesson for myself of like, "Mm, nope, got emotionally attached again. (laughs) Like I have to be more careful and more gentle with my heart going forward. So some of it is literally just going to be trial and error. But again, this is like another reason to go slow. I think a lot of us, you know, I've had breakups where I was, the phrase, like you get over somebody by, by getting, getting under, under somebody yeah. else. I've had breakups where I really put that to use and it did not help me. And instead I learned like after time, of like there's no rush to jump in the sack with somebody else. And I can like take my time being intimate in other ways with somebody and making sure I'm feeling comfortable. So sometimes it was, you know, I'd, I'd make out with someone and realize, I'm just not ready yet. I'm not there. So taking those smaller steps can be really helpful too. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. 
Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Yeah, I love that. And I think like I try to tell people that too of like just you got to just listen to your gut as you go through it. Like I tell the story of the last breakup I went through like three months in, I was like, I I just like want to have sex with someone different, you know, and I just want to try it. And I did it. I had like a one night stand and I was like, nope, that's like, it just didn't, it didn't hit the way that I thought it was going (laughs) to. And so I backed off, you know, and it's like, it wasn't, it didn't have to be like a shameful thing for me. I didn't have to feel bad about it. It was just like, that didn't work for me. And, you know, I can try it again later. Yeah. So I think here's one word, little hack that you can use. It's going to be so powerful for your sex life. The word experiment, tell yourself, I'm going to do this as an experiment. Like we all know experiments. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, right? You might have a hypothesis going into your experiment, but you do not know with certainty what it's going to be. And so if we give ourselves that same spaciousness around something, you know what? I'm going to sleep with somebody as an experiment then it really helps prevent, you know, let's say you end up like, Ooh, that was, that was not a good outcome. It's not what I wanted, but just having approached it with that openness and curiosity is going to go a long way towards preventing you from going into like shame and guilt and all that kind of stuff. It was like, it was an experiment. I have, there was an an outcome just like with any experiment. Yeah. I think I know what you'll answer this with, but someone said like, is sex with an ex ever a good idea? Uh, I really resist saying always or never. Yeah, that's I what, think yeah. life's complicated. That's kind of what I figured <laughs> yeah. you were going to answer with. Yeah. <laughs> life's complicated. I really like to see the try to see the the gray area as much as I can. So I won't say as a blanket statement that sex with an ex is always a bad idea. I've been there myself plenty yeah. of times, but I think in general it tends to be a bad idea, like far more often than a good idea. I would say if you are wanting to do it, there have to be a a couple of things in place. Like one, plenty of time has to have passed. You just cannot make the immediate transition from being in a relationship into like, you know, being casual sex buddies. So a lot of time has to have passed. You guys have to have talked about it openly. So this is not like, oh, we were just hanging out and we're drinking some wine and one thing led to another. Like this has to be a conscious decision of, hey, we had really great sex. We didn't work out romantically, but enough time has passed. We have good communication. We have good boundaries. Like let's bring this aspect of the relationship back. And the third thing is that you have to be willing to like talk about it regularly too, like to check in with each other and see like, how are you doing? How are you doing? This is still a good idea. So if those things are in place, I love that. Sure. Maybe in a tiny sliver of situations it could work out but for the majority of people i'd say just just no <laughs> yeah yeah i know that's why i feel like there are other like probably safe options to like exp- like if you're really craving sex with another person like mm-hmm. i think probably people in your life that like that you don't have a million emotional strings attached mm-hmm. to that you could have that that outlet yeah 
one thing I had a couple other questions of like, is this more normal? So someone says like, is it like, how normal is it to have like an emotional release after sex? Like, is it normal Mm. to cry after sex after like the first time you have it post breakup? Very normal. Yeah. We actually pulled this on Instagram recently too. We like to do a lot of polls in our stories because it's just there's an endless number of fascinating questions about sex. Well, and it helps so much. I mean, you have, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of followers and being able to like it's yeah. not something we talk about with our friends. And maybe you get like a small poll of like 10 people in your friend group, but being yeah. able to see this massive thing is so powerful and normalizing. Yeah, yeah. We've got a, a big community of people who are happy to answer these kinds of questions. Yeah. But I'm forgetting the exact number off the top of my head. But I, I we asked women specifically, have you ever cried after an orgasm? And it was somewhere in the range of 80%. So wow. the vast majority of women at least once have had this. So it's a really common thing. And what I liken it to is like, if you've ever cried happy tears after a, a different positive experience, like sometimes when we have a really great experience, it just brings forth this flood of emotion. There are also like hormonal changes that go along with orgasm that can make it easier to be a little bit teary. Sometimes there's a sadness about it being over. Like that was so good. And now it's over same way that we can be kind of sad and a little tearful about, you know, any other positive experience ending. And there even is a condition where, you know, people it's a a very, very small percent of people, but there are some people who have like post-orgasm dysphoria where there, it really does like affect them on, um, you know, and can be a pretty intense level for a, you know, very, very small subset of people. But yeah, for your average person, like feeling tearful, feeling emotional or overwhelmed after sex and orgasm in particular is very common. That's so interesting. I've had that happen before and it is, it's like. Physically, there's a lot going on and I'm sure there's a lot of like brain chemicals that go along with it Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the hormones of being a female and all of those things, you know, can come Mm -hmm. into play. One person had asked, are there any tips to like redirect, like say, you know, I'm masturbating after a breakup. I keep thinking about my ex. I don't want to think about them. Mm -hmm. Are there any like tips to help redirect those thoughts. Like you think about your ex constantly, you want some time to like explore that. And then, you know, it's intruding there. Yeah, I know. This is such a big one that comes up, right? So the thing about like distracting thoughts is that we can't ever prevent ourselves from thinking a specific thought, right? Like nobody's ever been successful with this. It's usually the opposite too. If you uh don't think this, then you think exactly. The more you try to get yourself to not think about it, you're thinking about it just inherently in that act. So I know it's really frustrating. It's, and it's one of the hardest things about being in a breakup is just, it feels impossible to get that person out of our head. When it comes to sex in general, my recommendation when you're having distracting thoughts First of all, as always, we got to normalize it because a lot of people have this expectation that like sex should be so good or even just when I'm masturbating, it should be so good that I'm fully present in the moment and focused and not distracted. And that's just not true. Our brains are wild. They like to think thoughts. You're going to think random distracting thoughts. So rather than noticing the thought like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm thinking about this again. I have to stop thinking about it. And then, then it sends you down that shame spiral where you're even more and more distracted Instead, I like to just take a second to say, okay, I'm having that thought again. That's okay. It's understandable. I want to think about this instead. And so 
have something different that you want to be thinking about in that moment. And this kind of traces back to the exercise that I was telling you about, like identifying your ideal sex life that can help you come up with like an anchor phrase that you can use in the moment of like, okay, I'm thinking about my ex again, but I want to remind myself to focus on the sensations that I'm feeling in my body, or I want to remind myself to focus on like my confidence, or I want to remind myself to focus on being playful in the moment, you know? So it's like bringing yourself back to something giving yourself something different to think about. And so it might feel like you are just doing this ping ponging back and forth (laughs) like the whole time. Yeah, that's normal. But over time, you'll find it easier and you'll like be more able to like more gently bring yourself back into the moment. I feel like it's I mean, comparing like meditation and masturbation. But like I remember when I first heard like sometimes the goal of meditation is just to get like 30 seconds out of the 10 minutes of like a clear mind and it's just practicing. And I feel like it's very similar to like in masturbation. Mm -hmm. I know there's a surprising amount of overlap between meditation and masturbation. A lot of people are like, really? Yeah, (laughs) there there really is. (laughs) Yeah. And another thing that people were asking was they don't feel attraction to anyone aside from their ex. They want to like they want to be able to like Mm -hmm. go out and think like, wow, it's a really good looking person. Do you have any tips to like how to build like rebuild like attraction or how do you kind of light that like fire back in you, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. So I think attraction is all about paying attention and like identifying specific things that we find appealing. So this is probably going to be hard for a little while after the end of a breakup. Again, it's just giving yourself some of that space. But what I would do is like start looking at people and practice objectifying them a little bit. I know that sounds really weird. We all think of objectifying as like a bad thing, (laughs) but I'm saying objectifying because when you're objectifying somebody, like you're just paying attention to like what their physical appearance is like. Try to think about before this relationship, what kind of qualities did you find really attractive in somebody? I've always been drawn to eyes or I like really big muscular shoulders. Maybe I like a certain body type, certain hair color, skin type, you know, whatever it is. So practice like looking for that in other people. And obviously like, don't be a creep about this, yeah. please. Like, but be polite and respectful. Be respectful, yeah. yeah. You can even do this with like pictures of celebrities or musicians or something online if you want to do that instead. But just practice like looking for those qualities and characteristics. And even if you don't feel like any surge of attraction in that moment, like I'm not getting turned on or, you know, anything like that, that's fine. But it's just the practice of like looking for something to feel attracted to that can be really helpful. That is extremely helpful. I feel like you can be in a place where you're just looking for your ex in anyone. Mm -hmm. And so being like practicing, looking for looking for something and it's not like not being your ex. And I also feel like when you're going through a breakup, like most spare space in your mind is going to be filled up with thoughts from your relationship. So like being really conscious and you've talked about it, you know, throughout, like being super conscious of filling it with other things. What other Mm -hmm. things am I attracted to Mm -hmm. redirecting? Like, this is what I want to be thinking about instead, you know, stuff of that nature. And my last question for you was, do you find that sex can be like healing and maybe not just like in the sense of a breakup, but like, I think so many people think of sex as like 
this like just extra thing that we do of like, oh, it's just for pleasure. It's just like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think necessarily people think that it can be healing. Do you find that it can be? A thousand percent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's very easy for us to write off sex, just like you were saying, it's this like purely physical experience. Yeah. Or, you know, for some people, it's even like just the, the procreation aspect of it. But like sex is an incredibly like beautiful, intimate, and can even be a spiritual thing that we share with another person. I mean, there's nothing more intimate than sharing your body with another person. And so again, like we can all have different relationships with sex. Like I'm all for people having casual sex and keeping it disconnected if that's working for them in certain points of their lives. But if you want it to be, and if it feels safe for it to be like sex can be one of the most profoundly healing and beautiful experiences that we get to have. Yeah. And I think reaching that point of being with someone new after, you know, someone you never thought you would get over and having that like beautiful feeling kind of take over Mm -hmm. and just remembering that, like the feeling you're in right now where no one feels attractive to you. You feel like you're never like using all these never, I'm never going to find that again. I'm never going to like, you will have that point where you have sex with a new person and it's, you know, beautiful and you feel very connected and, and, you know, and intimate with them and safe to open yourself up and just reminding people of that. Yeah. And you will have sex that will make you laugh when you're like, I can't believe I ever thought I would never have sex. That was as good as it was with my ex. Like you will laugh at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a great full circle moment for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's such an important reminder. Well, thank you so much. This is like, this is so helpful just being able to, you know, hear from someone that's such an expert at this and just reminding people everything you're feeling right now is normal. Could you share about some of the resources that, which I, I think it's so cool that you and your husband do this together. Could <laughs> yeah. you share, you know, some of the courses that you guys have or anything that new that you guys have coming up? Yeah, we have so much fun stuff available. So the first thing I'll do is just tell your audience that I'd love to connect with any of them on Instagram. We're really active over there. And our handle is Vanessa Marin Therapy. Xander and I do stories together every single day, just really trying to help normalize these conversations around sex. And once you get into a new relationship, like have really important, intimate, special conversations with your partner. We have a lot of fun there too. There's always like some wacky polls and some sort of hijinks that we're getting into. <laughs> so come check us out there. Shoot us a DM and let us know you found out about us through this podcast. And then you can find all of our courses on our website at vmtherapy.com. So like I was saying at the very beginning, like our mission is all about taking the intimidation out of intimacy. So we really focus on courses that like break down for you things that you feel like you should have already known how to do and you feel kind of embarrassed or you don't know how to do them that well. (laughs) So we love giving step-by-step, really practical, actionable resources. So our most popular courses that we have, the first one is the foreplay guides. So it teaches you exactly what to do to pleasure your partner with your hands and your mouth. We have, you know, different versions of them. Um, So those are so much fun to play around with and just such a great resource that you can explore on your own to get more confident in your own techniques and skills, you know, going into the next relationship. We also have the sex position playbook that really breaks down, like if intercourse is a part of your sex life, how to have intercourse, specific positions, how to get in and out of them, how to move in them. It's so much fun. We have finishing school, which is a course specifically for women for learning how to orgasm. So if you've never had 
mm-hmm. one on your yeah. own. Maybe you've had one on your own, but can't get there with a partner or vice versa. Like we were talking about earlier, like this course is just, it's such a comprehensive, amazing course. Like it does focus on orgasm, but it really is kind of like how to have an amazing sex life. There's everything that you need is in there. So that would be a great one to check out. And then we actually, one other one that I'll mention is we have a really inexpensive masterclass. We like to have stuff at all different price ranges. So I think it's $19 right now for feeling more confident in the bedroom. You don't need to be in a relationship to take it. It's just really, again, super practical tips for helping you feel more confident and self-assured and sexy in the bedroom. So that's a great one too. I love that. And I, yeah, definitely recommend following you guys. I love that. Like the culture is like no stupid questions. Cause it is, it's like, I feel like as an adult to ask some questions of thinking, like playing Mm -hmm. along, thinking you've known this whole time and having Mm -hmm. to come out and ask that. I love that you guys kind of foster that on your page. I will put your Instagram and your website in, in the show notes of the episode, but thank you so much, Vanessa, for coming on and, and sharing your expertise with us. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.